Hello and welcome to the Waters Waveland podcast. And guess what? This is the first episode of the new decade. It is also episode 177. I'm your host, Weishan, and as usual, well, for the past few weeks anyway, uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Tony Malikian. Tony, welcome again. Just a lowly co-host. Yes, just a lowly co-host. Welcome to the 2020s. Do you know, Alice, before we get started, so Alice, she believes that the decade doesn't start until the 2021. She's like one of those people that's like, yeah, you know, and I, I think she's insane about that, but we don't have to get into that here. But yeah, so it, for me, it's a new decade. Is it the same thing as like starting your birthday at zero and one or something? Basically, yeah. It's kind of like when people, some people like try to say the millennium started in 2001 as opposed to 2000. And then I'm always just reminded of a West Wing quote that said, would you rather see your car go from uh, from nine from 199,000 uh, whatever, you know, from nine. Uh, nine <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> I don't know, but you get it. It's, listen, everybody's got to understand. So we're recording this. So it's 8.45 a.m. New York time, 9.45 p.m. time, Hong Kong time. So for me, I'm just, you know, getting into the day. I'm not a morning person here. So just bear with me. Yeah, and I'm, I, I usually go to bed early, so like my brain is actually switching off right now. You guys are getting me at a very good there time. Go. <laughs> there we go. Perfect for a podcast. <laughs> yes. So, um, well, maybe let's jump straight into it, and then we can talk about other stuff later. So, uh, we, we posted, or we published a story that you wrote, Tony, um, uh, earlier this week on uh, 5G and IoT. So, maybe to start with, could you... Maybe give us an overview of what you wrote about. Sure. So you know, it you know, with the holiday seasons, people are away. You know, there's no real news breaking in the markets. So you know, decided to put together a little bit of a think piece because I think one of the more fascinating things um, that we're going to be experiencing over the next you know five years or so, you know, really two to five years, um, is this advent of 5G technology, 5G networks. And that coupled with this explosion of Internet of Things, IoT uh, connected devices. And so, so everybody's used to, you know, super fast speeds now with their cell phones with 4G uh, LTE um, networks. You know, the information that you get via mobile devices, it already comes in a lot, but you know, what's going to be very, very unique about 5G networks, and let's also be clear about something, there are companies that are touting their 5G um, networks already, whether it's Verizon, um, AT&T, whatever have you. Yes, in certain cities there is 5G technology, but first of all, most phones that you have are not capable, are, are not ready for 5G networks themselves. And so these are more experimental um, networks. We're not going to really see the true advent of 5G technology for another, you know, couple of years. You know, 2022 I think is a is a good estimate of when, you know, it'll really kind of start rolling and get going. But I guess the thing just to, to keep in mind here is just that you can now have just basically an infinite number of not infinite, but you know, just unlimited a lot of devices connected at the same time where L, where 4G networks are constrained. 5G, it's Yes, your phone's going to still be fast. You're not going to notice that much of a difference there. 
but it's going to be just in the amount of information and how everything's going to be able to connect with each other. I think it's going to be unique about it. So I don't know. I, I, I thought it would be interesting because I don't think that people are thinking enough about as 5G rolls out and as that starts connecting with IoT, it's going to create a ton of new data, um, deeper data than what we're used to right now. And I think that there's some interesting theoretical conversations that can be had today as firms have, you know, kind of start thinking ahead to how they'll try and tap into these kind of new networks. Yep. And, and as you said earlier, I mean, um, it, it's still a while away, but, you know, people still, I mean, um, people as well as firms need to start thinking about what this means for them. And um, similar to Ford, I mean, when we look at 4G, I mean, it, it, it came out in 2008, right? But it didn't really start rolling out until like six years later. I mean, it took some time. So we do have some time. Uh, firms need to, do have some time to kind of, I guess, gather uh, their approach to it and what they plan to do with it. But let's first address like this, this uh, I guess, the elephant in the room, um, which is data. And um, it, it's really interesting that you know, you say here in, in your article that in, in by 2021, you know, data traffic is going to um, go from 7.2 exabytes per month up to 50 exabytes per month. And that's that's scary. That's a scary amount of data. And I, I keep thinking yeah. to like how, you know, in it, just in the past year, actually, no, in the past few years, you know, all the conferences, the interviews that I've had, I'm sure you've had as well, you know, people, um, sorry, firms, firms keep talking about like how they're trying to deal with the amount of data that's coming in and what, how they're trying to derive value from the insights that they have and, you know, look at the data that they have even internally and, and, and I guess look for gold. Um, so my question is, like, with this additional amount of data that's going to be coming in in a couple of years' time, it's not that far away, in a couple of years' time, um, you know, how are they, how are firms going to be dealing with this, given that at this point in time, they still don't, uh, they still don't have it, um, basically, sorted out? Yeah, well, I think... So I, guess, so I guess there's kind of two ways of looking at this. First of all, there are the actual data providers themselves. And um, for this article, I spoke with, uh, I'm going to probably butcher his last name, but uh, Michael Marielli, um, the CEO of M-Science, um, one of the big uh, alternative data providers in the industry. They have already started to roll out a 5G monitoring service um, for clients. They've just begun to roll this out. And Michael said, like, listen, this is still early days. There's not going to be a ton of information that's going to be included in this right now. But they wanted to get ahead of the curve because there's going to be a tipping point. Because, again, one thing I kind of wanted to say I was kind of tripping up on earlier, but so 5G is not merely just an evolution of 4G. Um, connection mm -hmm. density will increase from 100,000 connections per square kilometer to over 1 million. That is a massive amount of and, – and so – 5G networks will be able to handle that much traffic. So you can think about geolocation data um, really taking off. You know, how your phone, you know, how you're being monitored constantly um, through your phone. 
Um, they're going to really be able to really zero in on who you are, where you are. Um, scary, and we can, I guess, get into the privacy aspects of this a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but then there's, you know, the infrastructures of cities, you know, how traffic is done. There's going to be new types of data that's going to be mm-hmm. that, that will be created, or else in just deeper analysis of data sets that we already have. So, as you mentioned, Lisa, and, you know, firms are already struggling with how to bring in new alternative data sets, experiment with it, fail quickly, and not have that cost a lot of money, you know? Um, we've had a lot of people on the podcast, I think of like Brian Cross uh, from UBS Asset Management, who was on last year, um, uh, uh, Gerald from, um, uh, Francis from Bloomberg was on, Rich Newman from FactSet. They all talk about this need to be able to kind of fail fast, but be able to still experiment. So I don't think a lot of firms have fully have gotten their head around the processes around that. And this is going to create new challenges, I guess, because there will be more data available. Thus, firms are going to be able to, um, to come out with, uh, vendors will be able to come out with new offerings. But what's going to be useful, what's not going to be useful? And I think firms are still having a tough time wrapping their head around that. Right. I mean, and I guess with, with uh, I mean, looking just at IoT devices, um, these devices are providing a lot of, like, noisy noisy data sets, right? So, that I mean, yeah. data providers, firms, buy side or sell side, you know, they would have to sift through that noise to really look for what is useful and what's not. And, again, the key is <laughs> failing fast and deciding... Um, when to fail and I, I guess yeah when to fail and when to get out and when when will when when is it right to kind of hold on and push through so yeah i, I don't yeah. know is that is that going to be is that going to be the the motto for uh, the next i wouldn't say decade the next maybe the next decade yeah would that be the motto for the next decade well yeah i think that I think you're you're already seeing it. Regardless of 5G and IoT, you can even take that out and put it separately. Like um, I remember uh, an article that uh, we recently published with uh, Suvrat Bansal from um, UBS Asset Management. Uh, we speak with Reb earlier, and you wrote an opinion piece about this too. But um, he was talking about the, the delicate balancing act of where firms need to be able to adjust and try new things on the fly. And, you know, he, he kind of laughed about thinking about the countless hype cycles around alternative data. It's the here we go again moment. And so this is a quote. It's the here we go again moment. We know for sure in traditional asset management, it's near impossible to use one source or collectively all sources. There's something within there. But our view is you need, you need the data, but not all the data all the time for all the investments. I think it just comes down to a data. So, again, taking away the IoT 5G Alternative data is just around this kind of data governance and strategy and, you know, not do the whole hammer looking for a nail thing. You have to really be smart about the data sets that you're looking to incorporate. I think a lot of this is just going to fall on the vendors themselves. I think that the buy side, they're going to kind of be like, listen, let me see what kind of new interesting things you have. The the truly sophisticated uh, hedge funds, you know, the stuff that you see on billions and stuff like that, they might be more willing to incorporate some of these more experimental data sets that will first hit the market. Um, but I, I think for everybody else, it's just, I was thinking about like, uh, 
Adrian Scrast. I'm not sure if that's how you say his last name. I'm terrible at, uh, at names, but he's the chief technology officer at the European Telecommunications Standard Institute, one of the leading firms in Europe that are helping to drive and push 5G job adoption. Um, he said, uh, once you get to that stage of having massive IoT, you then have massive data, um, which is relatively noisy, as you were saying, Ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, but the value is the information you could extract from these massive data sets so you can convert technology into business and enterprise solutions by having the clever people can find the value in the information from the data you've collected. I think it will be the vendors um, struggling and battling it out with themselves. Again, maybe some more consolidation as to getting these data sets out to end users and then end users, you know, investing more and more in data scientists that can, you know, bring in new data sets, figure out which ones are useful, and then move on from there. That's my hypothetical opinion there, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It was a long opinion, but a good one. I agree with you. Um, yeah, that 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 is interesting, and in how how they're gonna do that, and uh, it it would be, and I yeah, I guess it would be interesting to see if there would be more consolidation uh, in the industry that as I mean that is coming about as a result of that. So I guess we will have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, I mean, it'll be expansion and contraction, right? It'll yeah, be like, yeah. I mean, we're we're only in the first week of the new year. Sorry to interrupt you there, but I'm the host. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, listen, you, you do you. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I mean, we're only seven days into the new year, and I mean, last year we saw quite quite a few consolidations. So, um, and 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 the year before that as well. So this year, I'm 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 sure. Um, okay, I can't say with with a hundred percent certainty, but you know, I'm 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 sure in the market that we will see. Uh, some sort of consolidation uh, either within the the vendor community or or elsewhere, but we'll see. You know that that you know you're gonna have some some new entrants, some new interesting people enter the market, but I think for sure we're gonna see some more uh, alternative data. We saw a bunch of alternative data providers consolidate or get bought up by you know some private mm-hmm. equity firms, stuff like that. I think you're gonna see much more of that certainly in uh, 2020. Yep. Yeah, that's true. And, um, you know, what I, I want to get a feel of, like, uh, what do you think about 5G in terms of uh, in uh, what is your political opinion about it, uh, given, you know, what's happening in in the U.S. right now? And also, uh, I guess, with uh, Huawei CFO, who is um, stuck in Canada at the moment. <laughs> yeah, he gets like, did he get, like, smuggled out in, like, a trunk or something like <laughs> that? Uh, I remember reading some like weird story about how the hell they got him out of Japan or whatever. Um, yeah, <laughs> let's take away the the business uh, aspects of this and just kind of thinking about five G technology. Privacy is, you know, there there are very real privacy concerns around five uh, G networks when all your devices in your house are going to be listened to when your phone, you know, can just be zeroed in on your apps are constantly talking. You're not. It, as more and more things become connected, then you're going to be monitored. Surveillance in cities, you're already seeing this um, around the world, that surveillance in cities, it's going to really, really take off as to you know, how off the grid can one truly get. So there's certainly privacy concerns. Um, and then there are health 
concerns that people don't really know about right now, that, that this hasn't been studied nearly enough. Um, no one can say with you know, any kind of certainty that 5G networks won't create new health hazards, whether for humans or even for the animal population, um, whatever have you there. So I think that there are a lot of questions, but, you know, as I mentioned in the article, you know, the genie's out of the bottle on this. Like, there's so much money to be made for governments, for mm-hmm. countries. That's why there is this arms race between, you know, China, the U.S., um, Hong Kong, um, some Scandinavian countries are well ahead of uh, the game on, on 5G technology. You've really seen this. And there's also this kind of concern that, do we kind of create second-tier citizens? So the countries that do move ahead and have early adopter status and really kind of seize on the power of 5G networks, will they be able to, like almost like an industrial revolution, um, more quickly move ahead and get way, way farther ahead from countries that you know are going to be playing catch-up. Like, I know India right now is struggling trying to play catch-up to get their 5G networks up and going. So there are a lot of political conversations that are going to develop from this, privacy conversations that will develop from this, and then potentially health issues that could arise from this. So it's something that I think everybody should be at least reading about and know about. You know, it's not just... You know, you have your Verizon, you know, and AT&T and whatever have you, you know, commercials. 5G is here. You know, it's going to be awesome. Now you can stream a thousand different videos at once as if, you know, you can't really already do that. Um, I think that this is something that people should be paying a little bit more attention to just from the kind of uh, socioeconomic kind of um, uh, perspective of it. Mm, and the implications of that. Mm. It could be yeah. really interesting if, if yeah, as you said, like some some people get get onto five G networks um, first before others. It would be that that reminds me of an episode of Black Mirror, somehow, and and what it means for the human race and humanity in general. I think that there will be yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, Black Mirror episodes that will definitely be able to come out from uh, <laughs> from five G networks. Oh my gosh, we're totally heading towards that direction. I mean, there, there, there's definitely one um, one episode in Black Mirror on the, the social credit system, which, well, already is being so, somewhat practiced in, um, in in China. I'm not too sure about other countries as yet, but, well, yeah, in, in China, uh, in certain parts, they are doing that. Uh, basically to... That's like where yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, to prevent people from, like, let's say, for example, jaywalking, so, like, your face would come out in the cameras, and or if you act badly, like, you cause a fight or something on the train, you would get banned from taking the train for, like, six months, depending on the severity of um, of what you did. So, yep. it, it's, it's scary. I mean, I, it's, I, can see, I can see the intent, the good intentions that are there, but at the same time, I mean... Um, what what does this mean and what kind of society are we are we yeah are we heading to um i don't know <laughs> I mean, the what is it the road to totalitarianism is paved with you know good ideas you know along the way right that you know before you know it you've given up all your freedoms and because there are going to be cameras everywhere you know you've seen this already with iot yeah. but 
5G networks will allow those cameras to be able to talk more seamlessly with one another. So you know, governments will say that this will help uh, prevent terrorist attacks, that this will help cut down on crime, as you talk about you know, these kind of social credit scores that you're seeing, as you're saying, in, in China. There's how much privacy are people going to be willing to give up for one convenience to have all their devices in their house be able to talk to each other, but also be able to listen to you? How much, um, how much privacy are you willing to give out in the public sphere? How much are you willing to be monitored in the name of safety and, mm. um, and you know, trying to have people act more brotherly toward their fellow man? But yes, that also means Big Brother will be watching you at all moments. Um, it's certainly, you know, th- there's a reason maybe to move out to Wyoming and just live in the mountains. But <laughs> we'll see. And be totally disconnected. <laughs> well, I, I'm 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 quite sure that there will be a lot of you know there are a lot of like um, silent retreats. I think they are becoming a lot more popular these days. So I'm sure they'll they'll make a lot more money that way. Yeah, in the near future. <laughs> Everyone there you will go. Want to go on a silent retreat. Industry that you can invest in. You see, <laughs> and this is where you start thinking about it, right? That's <laughs> the industry now that you kind of can be invested in. You know, put that into your portfolio, these silent retreat things. There you go. You see, you're thinking outside of the box, Wishan. I like it. And you buy a piece of real estate for that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Um, Yeah. So, uh, okay, maybe we can uh, now talk about, uh, since it's the new year, um, do you have any new year resolutions? First of all, do you believe in them? I believe, Wei Shen, that every day is an opportunity to change yourself and to better yourself, which is my way of saying Damn, that's good. I probably didn't really come up with any uh, New Year's resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure every single year I've made New Year's resolutions, and I like to think that as a human being I have improved myself in many ways, but there are so many that, you know, yeah, you kind of kick off, you start, and then just kind of go away, you know, very quickly. So, yeah. I try and uh, you know update, upgrade myself constantly, but yeah, New Year's resolutions don't work for me. I, I'd actually be interested here. Is there any? Have you ever? Can you think back to a resolution that you made one year on January first that you have since stuck with, you know, throughout years later? You know? No, I, I can't think of any, which means it's a no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there are some people maybe that be. I think like exercise and stuff like that. I'm not sure that – I wonder how many people actually started their exercise routine on that January 1st and then kept on going. Because if you needed that January 1st to kind of kick you off, I wonder how really serious you were about it. I think that exercise routine, stuff like that, that gets developed throughout a year and you kind of just build up, build up, build up into it. But if you're saying, all right, January 1st, I'm going to start working out now, I think you'll do it for a little bit and then fall off. That's, what, that's what's happened to me. I've seen it happen with other people, <laughs> I guess. So. Yeah, I I don't know. With fitness, is it's slightly different because you yeah, as you said, you you can't just have January the first to motivate you. Then there needs to be other things. So like why you're doing it? I mean, other than health reasons, obviously, and to keep fit and healthy. You know, there there must be other reasons why you're hitting the gym or like going outside for a run or whatever you do to keep fit, right? Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, last year I think we we talked about this last year. I mean, you and I. Yeah. And um, 
Tony, last year I, I told you, I think, uh, I don't know if you remember, but I told you I, instead of resolutions, I, was ha- I had goals. Um, okay. Well, I, I, I didn't achieve any of those goals. <laughs> so like one, one of those goals <laughs> was to uh, learn how to, how to code in Python. Um, yeah, I'm not very far in that. So I'm going to, <laughs> I, I'm going to try and start, um, I guess, learning, learning about it again this year. And uh, I, I think I, at this point, I probably would have to start from scratch. So if any of you out there are, are willing to help me out, just uh, give me a nudge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that everybody's got good ideas. But again, it's, it's just the follow through, right? It's the, uh, yeah, I can't even remember yeah. what I said. Like, that, that's, how, that's how little I... I remember what you said. Do you want to know? What I say? Yeah. Oh, the push-ups. You push talked up. about push-ups. Um, I did do, and I did do. Yeah, you did. Job. You did stick to it for a while. I, I mean, I still do it. Like I, I would fall on and off again. So, I, but again, it's certainly not what you know I would have probably wanted or believed when I you know, did the when I did the actual resolution. So, yeah, I'm not a. Uh, not buying it, yeah. But yeah, there are definitely ways to improve, and it's it's. I guess the new year offers a chance to be like, all right, what do I want to achieve this year? For me, it's more business goals, you know, with the with the this comp with uh with the magazine stuff like that. Um, yeah, everything else in life is pretty good, so you know. I th- I think also, see, I'm 40 years old now. I just hit 40 in September, and yeah, you kind of just start saying, eh, you know, everything's good, you know, it's uh. I ain't got you know. I don't have any kids that that I have to worry about or anything like that. Thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that you know it's just kind of more about just appreciating what you have and just trying to make incremental improvements. That's the the Zen of Tony Malakian right there. I think the key is to take it one day at a time. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and not to not to think. I mean, it's good to think ahead, but also not to. Um, I guess focus on that so much that you don't live in the day. So, um, yeah, take one day at a time. One day at a time. I like it. Yeah. Well, before we end today, I thought we would end with it something really special. Um, so if you haven't already seen, if, if you guys haven't already seen uh, on our website, our <laughs> editor-at-large, Max Bowie, um, published... A really special um, article, or before Christmas. So I thought. Uh, let me let me just. Uh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Just just because this is actually something. So Max Bowie, if you all remember the Inside Market Data days when you know it was um, the weekly publication that would come in on a Monday, uh, kind of like a pamphlet that would come in uh, every single year. Uh, he published um, a, uh, a Christmas song. Replacing the words with um, with market data issues, I guess. Um, and so he's been doing this for a long time. So for many of for some of the listeners out there, this is like one of the, everybody people legitimately look forward to this for the year. So yeah, sorry, sorry to cut it. I, <laughs> oh no, no, that was a good explanation because I mean, yeah, <laughs> that that was good. So yeah, uh, I went to actually went through it this morning, and I was just laughing my head off in the office. And it is quite long, and I can't promise you a good Dean Martin voice, but or, or, and I can probably say for Tony as well, <laughs> right? <laughs> or no? 
Are you disagreeing yeah, with me? I, I have a good Dean Martin. I do not have a good Dean Martin voice. You are correct. <laughs> but you do have a good voice. Thank you, thank you. Okay. <laughs> are we going to do this? We're going to do this. We're going to sing the first the first stanza of the song. Stanza. Yeah, let's, let's okay. see if we get this right. Okay. <laughs> All right, so do we do three, two, one, go? Or two, yeah, three, yeah, one, three, go? two, one, go. Oh, the day right. that we have is frightful. We have is frightful. And <laughs> no, research not, not insightful. We've let all our experts go. Let all our experts go. Let, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. <laughs> all right, we'll let people just read this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're not really syncing up. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You were too slow. I, I was on pace there. You I were, was on pace. You okay. were slow. I don't... Uh, you were slow. Okay, I'm going to blame it on the distance that, that that's between us right now, you know, given that I'm in Hong Kong and you're in, in New York. So, um, yeah, sometimes we have to deal with lag people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As, as our technologists will know about latency. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, uh, regardless, I hope you all enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> they'll never listen to us ever again <laughs> we'll see the podcast like <laughs> okay well as promised this is the first podcast of this year and we'll be back on regular schedule um, and we'll be having a few guests come in um, in, yeah. in the weeks to come Actually, let me surprise you here a little bit so Weishan doesn't even know about this so I'm pretty sure if, if I'm remembering my schedule correctly right now. Um, we're going to have um, the new CEO of Memex on, uh, the Members Exchange coming on. This is uh, not a surprise to me. You've told I, me this. <laughs> but, okay, please yeah, go on. Drink, I drink so much I always forget what I tell you. Um, so we definitely have uh, Memex joining um, soon. Um, who else do we have? Oh, I think um, we're working on getting uh, David Riley from Bank of America. I spoke with him at... Uh, Waters USA, and it was a really good conversation. So I uh, would like to kind of do a deeper dive uh, for the podcast here. And uh, yeah, so we got, so we definitely got some good guests coming up for you too. So it won't always just listen to Weishan and I sing holiday classics. <laughs> Though I'm sure you enjoyed that. You did, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, well, we'll sign off for this week, but uh, we'll be back next week. And until uh, then, have a good week. Have a good week.